This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Crystal Khalil is an author, motivational speaker, and philanthropist. As the co-founder of Sister Diamonds LLC, she is committed to helping women celebrate their brilliance and personal purpose. On August 1st, 2020, Sister Diamonds hosted the world's largest virtual international slumber party for young women of color featuring a veritable list of who's who in business, finance, social justice, and health and wellness. Through her executive coaching platform called the Khalil Experience, she also delivers powerful messages of empowerment to inspire high performance and potential for corporate talent and entrepreneurs. Crystal's desire to help others achieve their highest potential led to the 2019 release of her international bestseller, Hard Workers Work Hard and Networkers Move Up. In this book, she shares with readers tools and insights to help them accelerate their career 10 times faster. In 2017, Crystal was named the first African-American executive with Porsche. She was the director of procurement for Porsche Group Companies in North America. Khalil is lauded for leading with integrity, purpose, and compassion. In the community, she serves as chair of board of directors for Caring for Others, an internationally recognized nonprofit organization that gives voice to the faces of poverty. She has received many accolades throughout her career including the most recent of the top 25 in Power Impacting Diversity by Diversity Plus Magazine. She's been a featured speaker for numerous events, such as the National Association of Women's Business Owners Conference, the Forbes Idea Summit, and the Institute of Supply Management. Crystal Khalil is an author, motivational speaker, and philanthropist. As the co-founder of Sister Diamonds, LLC, she is committed to helping people celebrate their brilliance and personal purpose. On August 1st, 2020, Sister Diamonds hosted the world's largest virtual international slumber party for young women of color, featuring a veritable list of who's who in business, finance, social justice, health, and wellness. Through her executive coaching platform called the Khalil Experience, she also delivers powerful messages of empowerment 
to inspire high performance and potential for corporate talent and entrepreneurs. Crystal's desire to help others achieve their highest potential led to the 2019 release of her international bestseller, Hard Workers Work Hard and Networkers Move Up. In this book, she shares with readers tools and insights to help them accelerate their career 10 times faster. In 2017, Crystal was named the first African-American executive with Porsche. She served as the director of procurement for Porsche Group Companies in North America. In this role, she oversaw all indirect purchasing of activity for Porsche's North America subsidiaries and affiliates. As a mentor and role model to her team, she is lauded for leading with integrity, purpose, and compassion. In the community, she serves as the chair of the Board of Directors for Caring for Others, an internationally recognized nonprofit organization that gives voice to the faces of poverty. She has received many accolades throughout her career, including the most recent list of the top 25 women in power impacting diversity by Diversity Plus magazine. She has been a featured speaker for numerous events, such as the National Association of Women Business Owners Conference, the Forbes Idea Summit, and the Institute of Supply Management. As an empty nester, she lives in Atlanta with her husband and enjoys reading, spending time with friends and family, and beautiful white sand beaches. She is eagerly anticipating the birth of her first grandchild in October of 2020. Crystal, congratulations. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm excited too. You know what? I can tell already you're a proud grandma, and I'll tell you why. You guys, the audience, you can't see this, but uh, I see <laughs> ultrasound pictures already hanging in her office here. So That's clearly, right. <laughs> her first family pictures. <laughs> the first family pictures are already up. And she, uh, you know, so, and, and is it a baby girl, do I hear? It is a baby girl. We are super excited. I can't oh. wait to dress her up. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And I can't imagine a better role model for this baby girl coming in. So amazing. Thank you, so much. Thank you, Crystal, so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. And here's the best part, the, one of my favorite parts of the show, which is, what is the 80s song that best resonates with your story? Can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> Donna Summers, she works hard for the money. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I love it. I had to dance that one out this morning. It yes. is the best song. I love it. You can't help but dance when that comes on. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it feels like you just, you want to work harder. You That's really right. do. That's right. So tell us your story and how this relates to your story. So, Patricia, I was raised by two very hardworking parents, right? I was a first-generation college student, go off to school, get my education. I'm so excited to start in my first corporate job, right? And I walk through those doors with my brand-new suit on, full of anticipation, 
And I walk in there and there was one feeling that I didn't expect to feel, loneliness. Because as I walked around and looked in the office and they were giving me the tour, I did not see anybody who looked like me. Wow. I did not see any people of color and there were very few women. And the ones that were there were in administrative positions. Wow. And so as I walked through, I started to instantly feel insecure. And so I would come to work every day looking for validation. Will they find my contributions valuable? And some days I would find it and on other days I would not. So I defaulted to what my hardworking parents taught me. Work hard, keep your head down, keep your nose clean, stay in your lane, right? Find a good company, be loyal to them and they'll be loyal to you and you can retire, right? So year one, I learned the ropes. I made, you know, made connections so that I could get things done. I learned the ropes and year two, I'm working hard and I'm getting the best key performance indicators. And year three, I'm still I'm outperforming everyone on my team. Year four, I'm still outperforming. And I start to notice people are getting promoted, but I'm being passed over. So I said, maybe it's my education. Maybe I just have my bachelor's, bachelor's degree. Maybe I need to go back and get a master's degree. Even though my counterparts who were getting promoted, some of them didn't even have a college diploma. Mm. So I go back, a college degree. So I go back and I get my master's degree. Year five, I'm working hard. Year six, I'm, I'm busting out the KPIs. Year seven, year eight, I'm still getting passed over promotion. Now I have a master's degree. I've been working in this company for eight years and I have not moved from an individual contributor role to leadership. So in my frustration, I go to my director and I said, listen, I don't think this is the organization for me. I can't see myself growing here. I don't understand. I'm getting great performance reviews, but I'm being passed over for promotion. And he said to me, you know what, Crystal? You are the hardest worker I have in this department, but that's all you'll ever be until you learn to start networking. People are hired, fired, promoted, and demoted over drinks, golf, and the water cooler conversations. People hire and fire and promote and demote people, you know, based on their relationship with them, right? If you want to get to the next level, it's based on the no like, and trust factor. Yes. And I was, Patricia, I was pissed. To be honest with you, I was pissed. Because you mean to tell me all these years of working hard has not been enough to get a promotion. How do you change that? And I went home and I was frustrated. And, but when I thought about it, I realized later that that was the best advice that anyone had ever given me. And I truly appreciate him to this day for telling me that. Now, I couldn't change it at that organization because I didn't know how to. I just wasn't prepared. I didn't have the tools in my box to change my persona at that organization. But when I left there within a year and started my new, at the new company, my mantra became hard workers work hard and networkers move up. Yes. Wow. Wow. There's so much to this story, Crystal, that I'm putting myself into your shoes, you know, as you're telling the story and I'm imagining you, you know, walking in And being in that double whammy situation where not only are you the only woman in this company, but then you're also the only woman of color, as you mentioned, and what that must have felt. And like you had mentioned, loneliness, you know, you didn't realize like how lonely you would feel in that environment. 
and yeah. how yet you did exactly what your mom and dad told you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you worked hard, you know, you worked harder than anyone else in that office only to find that everybody was, you know, getting promoted and passing you up, even though you're the one that's putting in all of that work. Yeah. And, and then really having that director, you know, give you that feedback. And I just wonder, you know, what that was like for you when you first started to network. Mm -hmm. It, well, you know, it, it's really hard. I mean, Patricia, I don't know if you've ever had an experience where um, you walked into a room and you were the only white person or the only woman. It's a palpable feeling. Yes. You know? And so when, when I left that organization and I went to the new company, it was the same scenario, right? Here I am again, the only woman, the only person of color. But this time I did something different. This time I let my guard down a little and I started to get involved in some of the organizations in the company. I started to let myself be a little bit more vulnerable when people, you know, ask me to go to lunch, I would go. You know, I started to break out and reprogram myself from my natural habits, things that I'd been I'd learned, you know, and I started to try and unlearn those things and be a little bit more vulnerable and something magical happened. I started connecting with people and people started to realize, oh, she's a really cool person. She's somebody I want in my network. She's somebody, you know, and I started getting more invitations from other people. And it really opened up a world of opportunities for me at the new organization. Wow. That's, that's great. So really it was immersing yourself. And what, does that come naturally to you? Are you, or is was that something that you know, was, was a struggle, you know, to put yourself out there. What was that like for you? I'm naturally an introvert, but I've trained myself to be an extrovert. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, that was my question. Yeah, well, <laughs> I actually, when I am, when I'm out, um, I, I don't meet strangers. I, I'm very warm and welcoming to people. But when I get home, I'm exhausted from, you know, from putting out that extra effort. So it was a, it, it was, it's a muscle that I had to build over time. And it wasn't easy at first because the introvert coupled with the belief system that, you know, I needed to, my parents tell me, you have to work twice as hard to get half. And, you know, don't tell people your business, what goes on in this house stays in this house. So all those things that you learn <laughs> as yes. children. And so it's just natural. You see, you know, you at the water cooler some, or the coffee machine and someone's like, how was your weekend? You know, my natural instinct at that young age was great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now and, let's get back to work. <laughs> right, let's get back to work. And I had to learn to, you know, oh, it was great. I took the kids to da-da-da. And, you know, and then they're like, oh, your kids play baseball. My kids play baseball. And then you start connecting on a different level. Yes. Yes. How did you find that that changed for you in the second company? That where you mm -hmm. got the opportunity to reinvent yourself. How did things change for you when you started um, implementing that the networking skills? So the first thing is, you know, when you start networking across the company, you learn about things you would have never known about, right? <laughs> you learn about what's going on in different departments. You start to hear, you know, what's going on with moves in the organization strategy of the organization. So I started to make connections with people in other departments. And then I started to learn how to get things done really fast, right? Because I'm like, 
oh, you're the one that processes invoices. Okay. <laughs> we need to be friends. I need to understand how to get this done. Oh, you're the one that handles the calendar for, for this person. We need to, you know, we need to be connected. So I started to learn how to use my network to get things done, which made me more efficient and effective in my job. Wow. Yes. So it's really relying on the team atmosphere, like really relying that you've got, uh, you know, so many people that are good and have different skills that can help you. Absolutely. And when people know, like, and trust you, they will go the extra mile for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, hey, I know this is last minute, um, but I've got to get this done. Is there anybody can help me push this through? And they're like, I'll do it for you only because it's you, because you've made those network connections, right? And it makes it all around makes life a lot better, makes it more fun. Absolutely. Now this summer in this quarantine situation, you have developed a, an enormous networking. And I want you to talk a little bit about this because it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you. We launched the world's largest international virtual slumber party on August 1st of 2020. My partner, Dr. Nicole Labiche, and I had a vision to bring together women our age, actually. We wanted it to be a, a grown girls party, come together, celebrate our brilliance and leadership and support each other. But we in, we ended up doing it for young women of color between the ages of 18 and t- to 25 because Um, My partner is a professor at Spelman College, and her students experienced so much disruption with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement. So we decided we wanted to do something special for them. So we brought in about 50 of them in a focus group and said, what do you want? What would you love in an experience? What would be great for you at this point in your life? And hence, the International Slumber Party was born in less than 90 days. We had over 10,000 young women of color from over 40 countries come together. Wow. We had 78 speakers. We had over 17,000 logins <laughs> to, the, to wow. the online virtual mansion on the day of the party. It was truly amazing. We were on Good Day Atlanta, Good Morning America, the Steve Harvey Morning Show, in less than 90 days. It was, it was nothing short of a, of a miracle. Wow. So with everything that you were seeing in the news, you know, with Black Lives Matter, um, everything that was going on with, with COVID, which, as we know, was striking uh, the Latino population as well as the African-American population even yeah. more so. And, and you took all of this information and you yeah. created a positive experience for growth for 10,000 people across the globe. Yeah. That, is incredible, Crystal. And this was all within 90 days. Yes. 90 yes. days. It was amazing. We had topics ranging from social justice and how to get out the vote to body positivity and fashion, We dating and relationships. But what was most powerful at the end of the event, we received an email from a young lady in Cape Town, South Africa. And she says she's 18 years old and she participated in the slumber party and she lives in a racist area. And young women, young black women in her school, she said their their self-confidence was scraping the floor and she wants to do something to help. And she felt so special and heard in her participation in the International Slumber Party. And she just, it was so touching. Our team was brought to tears. Oh, wow. The impact. The The impact. impact. Yeah. Bringing young women together from all over the world to just 
celebrate their brilliance, increase their leadership, and help them to find each other. Because at the end of the day, we have to choose each other. We have to choose each other. You know, there are so many things going on in this world, but when we choose each other and we come together and shine our lights for collective brilliance, it just makes the world better. You know, I have goosebumps uh, pretty much head to toe right now based on this story and the incredible impact you've made. You know, what I'm thinking about is just, you know, the global impact, Mm -hmm. how you did this within 90 days and how all of what you've studied, you know, throughout from from your very beginning story where you were the only person in that office, woman and woman of color and how networking ultimately changed and helped your growth. Now, this event couldn't have gone on without hard work and networking, right? Absolutely. You know, what's so amazing to me is I've always been the one that is the first to raise my hand to serve and help someone else, but I had an issue asking for help for myself, right? So I really had to deal with myself in, in, in that. And for this slumber party, I had to get outside of my comfort zone and pick up the phone and call my friends in industry because we had all these amazing young college students that were ready to go and they had an aggressive date, you know, 90 days. We're like, oh God, can we do this? 10,000 women, 90 days. And so we started, my partner and I both had to pick up the phone and call our friends in industry at all these amazing organizations and say, we've got these young women. They want to do this party. We need your help. Will you mentor them? And people were like, yes, absolutely. And people started reminding me of things I've done for them in the past and how they were great to, you know, they, they were waiting for an opportunity to help. People are looking to serve with everything going on in the world. They wanted to do something and just didn't know how they could help. So here was an opportunity for them to help these young women of color. People just, no calls went unanswered. Nobody said no. In long story short, we ended up with 150 mentor-mentee pairs volunteering. And we put in some long hours, as you can imagine, to turn this around in 90 days. But they served. They served with excellence. Wow. And it's just, it's mind blowing to me how it came together. And at the end of the day, we were all still celebrating each other and loving each other. And it was just, it's just been a tremendous experience. Wow. Huge congratulations. Thank you. You bring up a really great point, which is about asking for help. And I feel like this also goes into the networking component. Yeah. And like you had mentioned earlier about going to your team because they're great at invoicing and they're great at this. And Mm -hmm. how do you, for somebody, you know, for myself, I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made Mm -hmm. have been taking on things myself Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and really it's out of being afraid to be an imposition on somebody or, you know, asking for help has always been a challenge. Like I should just do it myself and get the job done, right? The kind of uh-huh. like what you were talking about with your yep. with your parents and that hardworking. And I'm so much of your story has resonated with me, and I'm sure our audience right now, you know, has so many questions. But here would be the one takeaway that would be amazing for our audience would be: mm. How do you get started with networking? How do you get in the mindset? Mm. And especially with COVID, uh, this COVID quarantine time, you know we don't have face-to-face contact. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be to people who need to start networking, who feel uncomfortable with it, who might be of that hardworking, I'll do it myself because I don't want to impose on anybody type of a mentality? Mm. 
So I have two things. The first thing, and I don't know who said this quote, so I would love to give credit, but it's, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. That is so true. Wow. Right. So you can, yes, it is always that the natural tendency, especially for those recovering perfectionists um, that, you know, say I can, if I just do it myself, right, I can, exactly. I can get it done. Right. But it, it's, it truly, there are no leaders that have made it to the top alone. We need each other. And there's a lesson in, in learning to be a better leader because leaders build other leaders. And if you never delegate and if you never trust someone with a responsibility to do their job, then how do you build their leadership? So it was truly a lesson for us with the slumber party to release those tasks to these teams of volunteers and say, we trust your brilliance. We're going to give you the vision and it doesn't have to get done the way we need it to get done. It just needs to get done. So you, however you see it, and and it turns, it always turns out that the way they get it done is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And like you said, it can go so much farther. So you're, you're reaching the entire globe and 10,000 people. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were able to get so much more done. I couldn't have done it myself. My partner couldn't have done it all by herself. And we had to have all those hands come together. We needed that help. We couldn't do it alone. So that is a huge lesson right there. You cannot do it by yourself. You want to go farther, take others with you. Absolutely. And I think that's a great action point for our audience today is that for those of you that are out there that need to do a little more networking, it's time to phone those, you know, those friends, like maybe your top five people. Yeah. And see, ask for some help right now. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you the second point. The second point is you can be the hardest worker or you can have the best business, but if nobody knows about it, what difference does it make? Yes. Performance is only 10% of the equation as to whether or not you're going to grow. Interesting. Now, in that 10% of the equation, there's 150% of effort, right? Yes. However, 60% of the equation is exposure. Mm -hmm. Exposure. Once people know and can share and tell other people, you know, the best marketing is word of mouth, right? It is. So you've got to, you need that exposure. And what happens is when you maximize your image and exposure, something magical happens. People start to tap you on the shoulder for opportunities instead of you having to ask for opportunities. People start to sell your business for you. People start to sell you to, for an opportunity. And it, at the end of the day, it's about that no like, and trust factor. It's about attitude and aptitude. If you're a great networker, people are more prone to say, I can teach Patricia how to do this job. She's got the right attitude. Yes. She, she has the right network. Right. These other things I can teach her. The technical stuff we can figure out. Right. Absolutely. But a lot of times people think it's all about the knowledge. But when you when you see great networkers, they don't always have to be the most qualified to get that job. Right. We, we see that time and time again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Potential is so much bigger than performance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, what's really interesting is to think about for certain generations, I'll say mine, Gen X. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this a lot of us have this thing where we, I was taught really to be humble Mm -hmm. and to not put myself out there. 
you know, uh, because that really that's being a braggart, right? Mm-hmm. But in this time of self-promotion yeah. and of this time that where we need to do that, mm-hmm. how do you help those folks that, and, and maybe it goes beyond the Gen Xers, you know, I'm just using myself as an example here, but I know of many, and we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. How do you put yourself out there authentically? And how do you get past that wall, that wall of what has been taught and what we have learned from a deep, early age. Yeah. Nobody likes the people that are constantly self-promoting, right? Mm -hmm. So I would tell you, serve. Start with serving others, right? Use your voice to elevate others, um, to tell the stories, and become a thought leader in your space. So it's not necessarily about saying, I did, I did, I did, I did, right? Right. It's about doing, 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 doing. doing. (laughs) right? And when you do, other people will start to promote you where you don't have to, you don't have to always say, look what I did. Other people will start to promote you. They'll start to share your stuff. They'll start to, to tell stories about what you have done. So start with service. Mm-hmm. Just start serving people. Just start, get out there and start taking the action, doing the work, serving others, making connections for people, you know, using your talents to uplift others. others. And sooner or later, then people will start to promote you. 100%. That is such a great way of looking at it. And I know our audience will appreciate that. And it really is about service. And how good do we feel in that space when we are of service to others? And then naturally, like you said, it feels like the growth just naturally happens because you know, you're working for others Mm -hmm. and you're helping others. It's only natural that people are going to want to help you. I mean, that's just how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the law of nature. The world just lines up and and bows down and wants to serve you when you're out there doing the right thing. Yes. Yes. Crystal, I'm so excited. I know you have another big event that I really need you to talk about as well which is in October. October 24th. October 24th. Now, how soon is that with your grandbaby being born? That's a good question. Oh, it's the same time frame. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to envision the day of the party that the baby is coming. I'm trying not to envision that. (laughs) Well, you know she's going to have a mind of her own. She's going to have a mind of her own, and I'm hoping she's either an early bird or she'll sleep in for a little while. (laughs) Exactly. If not, she'll be coming to the party. Exactly. Just come to the party. Exactly. Yeah, it's really close. We're, we're cutting it close, but we're, we're really excited. It's called She Brilliant, and she stands for Service, Humility, and Excellence. And it encompasses everything we just talked about, right? Amazing. And as it, and it just went, I used, that was my, um, those three words were my mantra at, when, I, when I was still in corporate for my team. We do everything. And I had it on a board hanging on the wall in my office. Humility, excellence, and service is what I had. And one day I was just sitting there looking at it and I was thinking about, we had a team meeting coming up and the words just kind of shifted for me. And I saw the acronym S-H-E and I was like, oh. yes, <laughs> right. Yes. And, and, the, and then the word brilliance is when, you know, my, my, for me, 2020 has been a year of illumination, shining my light 
and shining my light on others and helping others to shine their light. And I didn't know how imperative that was going to be, but 2020 has been a doozy of a year, right? But those of us that are shining our light, it's giving hope to people. And my partner, Dr. LaBeach, this has been a year, she said, this is a year of collectivism. So we said when illumination and collectivism comes together, it breeds brilliance. So She Brilliance is a women's leadership conference to bring women together from all over the world, all ages, all women, white women, black women, women of color, everybody together to say, how do we choose each other? Yes. How do we choose and elevate each other? Because the 2019 McKinsey in the Workplace Study and the Lean In Study of Black Women have shown that there's a broken rung where women trans uh, for the transition from individual contributor to a manager role or a leader role. That's where we fall off. Below that leadership, there's parity between men and women in the workplace. But mm-hmm. when you get above that leadership role, women dwindle, and we've made small increases as women as a whole over the years in the C-suite and leadership positions. And Black women are even further behind, right? Um, So our answer to that is, while we definitely need men to help us because they're in the power and the position to help us, right? Yes. We also need to choose each other Mm -hmm. by with allyship, sponsorship, mentorship, How do we as women open and hold doors open for women coming behind us? Very good. Amazing. And I feel like just women in general, how can we lift each other up? How can we elevate, you know, each other? Absolutely. Now with this, you know, the big news of Kamala Harris and so exciting. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And making this history. And, you know, Joe Biden, there he is, a great example of bringing in Kamala Harris, who is, I feel like, absolutely brilliant, and I can't wait for her to be president, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So, for me, that really felt like with everything that had gone on with uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, this through this pandemic, and then coupled with your global collectiveness, right, that that you really had your finger on the pulse of what was happening before it was even, you know, before it was even going on. And then to see this history making happen last week, you know, I feel very optimistic. I don't know how it makes you feel, but I feel like change is there. It's coming. Yeah. You know what, Patricia, it's a mixed emotion. I am super excited for Kamala and she gives me hope, Mm -hmm. right? Just like Obama gave us all hope, right? It's a beautiful thing to see the first of anything, right? And Mm -hmm. you're just proud to see her in this, have this opportunity and in this position. And I'm so supportive of what she's doing. The other side of that, though, is the masses, like I just said, with women, right? Mm -hmm. It's great to see that one make it to the top. But there are so many that are still trying. There are so many, when you look at women growing to positions of leadership, yes, there are so many that can't get out of that rut. They can't mm-hmm. get past that individual contributor role into a leadership position. So while it's great to have that vision of hope, like a Kamala Harris, right? Right. We still can't forget that there are women that are still fighting for their rights. There are women that are still feeling like they can't get promoted in their job. There are women that are still trying to balance being a mother 
and being a leader in an organization. Just like when we saw Obama rise to president of the United States, it gave black people as a whole so much hope. But there were still black people getting killed by the police. There were still black people feeling racism on an everyday level, Mm -hmm. not being able to get jobs. So it's great to have that hope and we absolutely need it. But we cannot forget that the majority of people are still needing resolution, are still needing help to get to the next level. 100% well said. You know, this is just the beginning of a lot of work and networking that needs to be done. Yes, absolutely. To help this. And I mean, I'm committed, you know, not just with a post uh, that I, you know, that I put on Instagram, but I'm, how can, you know, I make a difference in this? How can Mm. I elevate women and women of color? How, so Mm. I am very much in that mindset, not just about posting something about it or thinking positively about it. It's really about doing the work and making the change. And we all have to do it. We all have to work together as women across absolutely to make this happen and men you know men have got to step up and and do this as well so absolutely um, yeah and and i thank you for that patricia and i think everyone who has just a mindset of shining their light to help others um and and doing the work and, and are committed to doing the work throughout the history of america that's where when change has happened it's when we've come together white, black, women, men, and we've come together to say enough is enough and this Mm -hmm. has to change. The collectivism of our voices, the illumination when we all stand together and shine our lights and say no more, right? That's what makes a change. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. But when we all come together and stand together, it changes things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and right now, our audience, you know, everyone out there, you know, let's make this commitment together. You know, let's move forward. Let's support and elevate each other in this time, especially during this COVID time. You just never know who needs you right now. And, and that networking, like you said, Crystal, before, how can we be of service right now to others? How can we do that? And, um, and those are our action steps. That's, that is, I'm committed to this and I want our audience to tell us about it. You know, tell us how you are committing. All right. This is amazing, Crystal. I am so excited about everything you have going on. Thank you. It's just, I have goosebumps. I, I'm, I'm feeling inspired oh. um, and motivated and just thank you. I, I can't even, you know, thank you enough for being here. Thank you, Patricia. Thank your audience. I'm so excited for the change. We are being the change we want to see. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Yes. So now we come to some of this is an 80s podcast, you know, about how this song, you know, (laughs) she works hard for the money. I mean, go listen to the song, everybody. Go, Go get to work and listen to that song because it is amazing and it is inspiring. Yes. Now, what I'd love to know is, do you have a favorite 80s jingle? Oh, yeah. I can remember as a little kid, McDonald's did this thing where if you could say their jingle, they'd give you a free ice cream cone. So I remember me and my my cousins and my friends would go up and we'd say, to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. (laughs) Yes, I remember that. Gosh, well done. All right. I got one for you. You got Um, one. 
Big Mac filet of fish, quarter pound of French fries, icy Coke, thick shakes, sundaes, and apple pies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, I had talked about it before on 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 our first episode about how you know the eighties just had the best jingles. They just oh did. Oh my god! Yes. So yes. much creativity came out of that time period. That now, was a good time. It really was. Now tell me, what were your favorite trends? What did we, in the 1980s, what were you wearing? Oh my God. Favorites. Neon, neon, neon. I remember I had a neon yellow jean jacket and I had some green patent leather shoes that I'd wear with that jacket. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I thought I was the hottest thing going. <laughs> yes, that, well, I can imagine you were Definitely the hottest thing going for <laughs> sure. Looking like a highlighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wear bright colors well because you guys can't see this, but Crystal has on a beautiful red, bright red uh, blouse on or dress. I, I can't tell yes. because we're on Zoom, but absolutely, you look beautiful in bright Thank colors. So I can you. imagine you were killing it. And, I was um, killing it. You couldn't yeah. tell me I wasn't killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that's so great. Well. You know, once again, thanks for coming on the show today. I want everyone to be able to get a hold of you and to learn yes. about what you're doing. Would you mind giving us just the rundown of how they get a hold of, of you as a, as a coach? Yes. But then also these amazing events that you have um, going on. Yes. Uh, to, to get in touch with me for coaching opportunities, visit the Khalil Experience, the K-H-A-L-I-L experience.com. And for our She Brilliance and International Slumber Party conferences, visit SisterDiamonds.com. Very good. Very good. Well, we definitely, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm going to be checking all of those out. And thank you, Crystal, for all of your words of wisdom. And until next time, have a wonderful day, everybody, and let's get to work. Thank you, Patricia. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80 song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.